unexpectations are unmet expectations that are unvoiced or unshared or unreasonable. Most of the little foxes that you have to deal with in your marriage, most of the little foxes that are going to wreck your vineyard are unexpectations. They're unvoiced, unshared, or unreasonable. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. This is a recording from a live Operation Thriving Marriage experience that we did at New Life Church back in May of 2022. We had such a wonderful time there and the participants that were there just gave us so much energy and we always have a good time doing these live events because of that energy and also because we're able to interact with the participants. We're able to do the Q&As and uh, we're also able to hear their stories as well. So we're looking forward to more live events at your church, at military bases, and at retreats. So I hope you enjoy it, and don't forget to rate and subscribe. So what we're talking about uh, leading into this session is something that we call unexpectations. And I'll get to that in a second, because where that was kind of coming out of is the word expectations initially, because you probably haven't heard of unexpectations. You will after tonight, but you probably have heard of expectations. And there's a lot of baggage about that word um, being the expectations. And part of my job as an attorney is I need to be managing expectations all the time. My clients will have expectations because sometimes they'll walk into my office and they have Googled things and they might have Googled something in the jurisdiction of Alaska and they're trying to apply it to their situation in Michigan, and it's going to be a big problem if the laws aren't congruent like that. And I've got to talk to them and just say, under these circumstances, I might be delivering you extremely good news that you're going to be very happy about, or I might be delivering you some bad news based on what your expectations might have been or what you might have wanted out of the situation. But I really like to hone in and be able to talk to clients about what they can expect for certain things. Example, say I've got a client coming into my office saying, hey, I've got three adult kids. One of them has unfortunately fallen into drugs or alcohol or is in prison. Believe me, I feel like I have heard it all and then tomorrow happens. And then they want to leave money to the other two kids. But the problem is if they want to cut out a child, there could be a lot of blowback for a lot of different ways and it could drag the sustainability into litigation. So even if after this, is, this estate plan is not going to be in effect until after they've passed away, I don't want them shaking their fist at me from heaven. Okay, I don't know that they're allowed to see or that that would actually happen. But just in case, we want to make sure we've got all our bases we, covered. We want to be clear. <laughs> we want to be very clear about that. So, you know, we don't want people walking around heaven. Hey, Jen Harvey, right? So just being able to say... I'm telling you, I'm in big trouble if that's happening. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where I need to tell them this is how these things can go and how can we be creative but still follow the law and how can those things work. Of course, sometimes I'm dealing with an opposing counsel uh, on a case and sometimes they're giving me information that my client didn't give me. That never happens. It happens more often than I'd like to say. Sometimes I'm giving them information that they haven't heard, but I need to set up expectations for them because if they think that they can come in and scorch the earth about an issue 
issue. I'm not going to let that happen. And sometimes you have to say, you know, this is a non-starter when you're, when you're dealing with some of those situations. So expectations are just something that we have in business, in life, and that's certainly the case into marriage. Well, in every relationship, there's some sort of expectations, right? So any social scientists in the room um, familiar with social exchange theory? Right, so basically, if I screw this up, let me know. But oh, you're not familiar with it, so, so I can make up this and no one knows, great. But basically, the idea is that when people are in relationships, their happiness or their value on the relationship is based on how well the costs and benefits match up with their expectations and the relationship. If you expect your relationship to go this or that way, and the cost is higher than the expectation was, then now you are less happy or less fulfilled in the relationship and vice versa, if the benefits are higher than the expectations. So how your costs and benefits in the relationship affect, connected with your expectations affect your experience in the relationship. So one of the things we want to talk about then with expectations is, first of all, I want you to know every fight you have ever had or ever will have in If your you've marriage, ever had fights. Every fight you ever have <laughs> or ever will have in your marriage is based on an unmet expectation. You expected this and it didn't happen whatever that expectation was. You know, maybe it was I expected the bed to be made and it wasn't made. I expected there to be Kool-Aid in the refrigerator and there wasn't Kool-Aid. There was an expectation that was unmet and that affected my happiness because it affected the context of the situation. There was an expectation I had and it didn't. So we're bringing this up tonight because we're going to spend a lot of time tomorrow discussing how to overcome the problems that arise from unmet expectations. This is really going to be a big focus of tomorrow, so we wanted to set the stage for you tonight. But here's the thing about expectations. It's common to hear in the media and in conversations and just people, pop culture, people talking, that expectations are bad. Now, basically, if you don't expect anything, you're never disappointed, right? So they say, you shouldn't have expectations. There's this idea, this false idea that you just shouldn't expect things from your spouse because that's oppressive, that's wrong. You should be completely just letting them be the person that they are. Well, it doesn't really work that way because there are some expectations that just are normal, right? Normal, healthy expectations, you should hang on to those. And you sh it's okay to have those normal, healthy expectations. So just from your opinion, what are some normal, healthy expectations in a marriage? Yep. Husband takes out the trash. Yeah, some women are like, oh, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to sleep in the same house. Okay. Sleep in the same bed. <laughs> I, 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 like his, I like his idea a little bit better than yours, but, you know... <laughs> Yes, the advanced. <laughs> what else? Some if, other. If somebody snores, maybe there's you know an expectation that the person will snore. So who knows where people are going to be? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, sir. Okay. But they're they're going to they have work and they're going to be where they said they were going to be at work. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great one though. But uh, did anybody have any, anything else you want to throw out? Anybody? All Taylor. right. 
You, sorry, that's probably too no, old we're not, of a movie. Oh, come on now. That's a classic. <laughs> All right, Ferris Bueller, stay off. Here we go. Um, one of my many parenting failures during the pandemic, our kids watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And so, ever since then have tried to Bueller us throughout the time. Th that's exactly <laughs> it. So if you see the kids going to the, the freezer to make their hands cold and clammy to stay home from school, beware. So some of the common expectations that Brian and I kind of threw out there as, as good possibilities are, well, you expect your spouse to be faithful sexually. That makes sense, right? You know, I, I would also say you expect your spouse to be faithful emotionally speaking as well. Um, I would say that we expect um, that each other would help maintain our home in one Taking way or the, the other. Helping maintain the home. Right. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. And we would expect each other when we have kids, if we have kids, to be able to share some responsibilities when it comes to parenting um, our kids. And I think, again, these expectations can be very healthy because you want to be able to rely on these repeatable patterns. And I think a good example of that is when we're driving our cars, we expect that the, the people that are coming towards us are going to stay on their side of the road and we're staying on our side of the road or else there would just be all kinds of mass chaos and a lot of accidents and lost lives and problems. So some of these um, social constructs, they can be very helpful. And that's certainly the case when it comes to marriage as well. And what's interesting is God loves us. God knows that we are flawed people, but he also expects a lot from us. And these proper healthy, these right expectations, they do help people rise to the occasion to meet these things. You always hear things about when you've got kids who are in school and their teachers have great expectations of them, they're going to rise up to meet those expectations. But if the teachers aren't expecting great things of their students, regardless of the student's aptitude and regardless of how well they would do on some standardized tests to test more of that aptitude, the students aren't going to do as well if those expectations from the teacher are low. So things that God will expect from us is to be holy. Like we had talked about in the previous uh, session, he wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be able to be that holy priesthood, to be able to draw others to us, to ultimately draw them over to him. He wants us to be representing him in this world. We are to be those shining lights for Christ. We are to be those clay pots that contain him and his message with the Holy Spirit indwelling within us. God also wants us to be caring for the world or to be ruling the world in his name. And God does want us to bring others into the family. We're all adopted into Christ's family and he's ready for more and he's ready for a big party as each of them are coming through. And what I really love is Jesus lays out significant, significant expectations for us in what he's commanding us to do. And if we love him, we will obey. And he lays this out at the end of the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, 
to the end of the age. So again, there's nothing wrong, inherently speaking, about having these kinds of expectations. Expectations are normal. They're good. We, we function in life. We can't function without them. We expect in the morning when, that gravity is going to work like it did yesterday. None of us wakes up and opens our eyes saying, hmm, when I throw my feet on the floor, are they going to go down and touch the floor? Or am I going to float out into space? Expectations are necessary and normal. Unexpectations are what get us into trouble. Unexpectations are unmet expectations that are unvoiced or unshared or unreasonable. Most of the little foxes that you have to deal with in your marriage, most of the little foxes that are going to wreck your vineyard are unexpectations. They're unvoiced, unshared, or unreasonable. Unvoiced. Expectations, unvoiced expectations are expectations that are simply not communicated. You just don't, you have this expectation, but you don't say anything about it. Um, so normally, I typically do the dishes recently, especially since I've been back from the deployment. Um, I recently um, do the dishes. However, I got busy with stuff and dishes started piling up in the sink. You know, there was an unvoiced expectation that I would do the dishes because I had set that pattern. So what Jen did is, well, she did the dishes because she knew I was busy working on something. But another thing is, there was an unvoiced expectation that since I'm the one that manages our son's baseball schedule, I'm the one that takes him to practice, I'm the one that's more involved in that, that I would put his baseball events into the calendar. That was an unvoiced expectation that Jen didn't say, hey, I'm relying on you to put this in the calendar. And so when I didn't, put the baseball event in the calendar, that caused problems. But these are all just normal, healthy, nothing wrong with those expectations. But if they're not voiced, they go unmet. You know? And that's with a lot of different expectations. You, know, you expect this thing and it just, you don't say it. And if you don't say it, you can't expect that your spouse We'll do it. Now, there's the trope, I mean, the joke about women are mind readers, and they're really good at reading emotions oftentimes. You know, there's oftentimes women can read a situation in ways that men can't, depending on the situation, but they cannot read your mind. They may be able to read your moods. They may be able to know when you're angry. They may know, be able to read what, the difference between when you're angry and when you're hangry, because those are different, but they can't read your mind. So if you don't say your expectations, and I tell Jen, don't drop hints. I'm not smart enough to pick them up. Just don't drop them. <laughs> you know, if she doesn't tell me her expectation, then I can't meet it because I don't know it. And so one of the unexpectations that is a little fox that can wreck your vineyard is unvoiced expectations. And another one is the unshared expectations. And we like to define that as presumed norms but they're not the same between the two of you. Of course, the New Testament says that we all as Christians have the mind of Christ, but we don't have each other's brains, so we're not seeing exactly what's going on, which is why we need to talk that through and communicate about it. And we'll talk more about communication tomorrow. But some of these um, presumed norms, I, I, I think a good example from when we first got married was the concept of locking the doors to the outside of the home. So Brian grew up in a lot of ways, uh, or 
in, in a lot of different locations on military bases. You know, he's an army brat. He was born in Germany, um, certainly a U.S. citizen and whatnot. Um, but what ended up happening was he was on a base. You know, there was security all over the place. Only certain people could come in and come out. So his- it was legitimately a gated community with armed guards. It really, I mean, it really was. It is, it is what it is, right? It was just yeah, the very expensive gated community. So, you know, the expensive and exclusive, but not in the way we think of it in America. Um, but it was something where um, he, his family would just leave their exterior doors unlocked. And I, where I grew up, um, a suburb of uh, Metro Detroit, you know, was not in any kind of a, a fearful situation of a dangerous neighborhood or, you know, any kinds of, uh, of repeatable crimes or things like that. But with my family, we always locked the doors, you know, when we were inside the house. So two very different situations. And it's like, well, how come you keep on leaving our doors unlocked? Like literally anybody could walk in at any time. And again, not that we're in a dangerous area or anything like that, but it was just, you know, why, why would you be doing that? Because anybody could stroll in and somebody could steal something or, you know, who knows what would happen. But what it really came down to was him leaving doors unlocked made me feel very unsafe. So we had to talk about that and work that through. And ultimately, the decision that we came to was we're locking doors. Now, the hilarious thing now is the door to our, our, the home where we've been for the last almost 11 years, the, it's the door that goes between the kitchen and the garage. I like to only have one uh, of, of the locks on there locked during the day because you don't want to be like, getting groceries and coming back in, into the garage and you've got to unlock a deadbolt as well. And I feel like the deadbolt keeps on getting locked. We blame Jonathan, our 11-year-old. But it's just kind of funny because I'm not expecting things to be as locked up as I did uh, back when we were in Northville. But you the know. door's locked. The door Heck, yes, has the become door is locked. locked. <laughs> Absolutely, because that's just kind of how that goes. So some of the other presuppositions of these unshared kinds of things, again, these presumed norms that aren't the same, those could come out of your family of origin, the family that you grew up in. Um, it could also come from some of your friends. I don't know if your friends have ever said, well, you know, a guy should be doing this or the woman should be doing that. And that's something you guys have to work out between yourselves because it might not be the woman or the the man in this marriage is doing these certain things. It's for, for you folks to create your marriage and figure out the best way to do things for yourselves as a couple. Um, what about TV shows or media or movies? What are the influences that are, on our, that are on our lives that might be having an impact, but it's not even a conscious impact? And where do these things in society come from? And you want to make sure that you're filtering some of these things out and you're coming together to figure out what works the best for you in the midst of all of these influences. Yeah, so you've got unvoiced expectations, expectations that I just didn't say that was an expectation. And these unshared norms, these unshared expectations that you feel like because it was so normal that you shouldn't have to say it. That's just how life is. You know, like Jen would say, well, anyone could walk into the house. Well, yeah, but you just tell them to leave. <laughs> you know, that was, again, but it was different for her. And once I understood that, okay, now we've got to work that. But those things, then also you've got unreasonable expectations. And these are expectations that your spouse shouldn't be required to meet. They're just not the kind of expectations that your spouse even should be expected to. Um, for example, 
When our daughter was born, Jen quickly thereafter started her own law firm. She had been working in another law firm before that. Um, she started her own law firm after Brenda was born so that she could be more involved with Brenda's, so she wasn't, we weren't sending her off to daycare and stuff like that right away. And I was working full-time at a church. And so I was the one outside the home working. Jen was still working. She was just more doing her writing and then meeting with clients um, in the evenings. And so it's like when I was there with Brenda, she would go out and meet her clients. Well, it was not a reasonable expectation that when I walk in the door, just because Jen's been home all day, that there would be food on the table. First of all, babies are a lot of work. And to expect that, well, come on, what have you been doing? You've been home all day. I was out working. Well, this life, you know, that is like, if we don't do things, it will just stop being life. It will be dead. We got to care for this thing. Um, the, the energy of a woman caring for breastfeeding. I mean, there's a lot. The woman's like providing nourishment for another life. And there's energy and calories expended on that. It's tiring. On top of that, she was starting a new law practice, a whole new business. So there was a lot going on. So it was an unreasonable expectation or would have been an unreasonable expectation for me to expect her to have dinner on the table when I got there. So it's like, okay, how are we going to work this out? I come home and cook. I come home and take care of Brenda while you cook. And it depended on the day. But also something that is all too common is making your spouse an idol. It's very common, very easy for us to expect our spouse to give us purpose, give us identity. That's what we see a lot of problems come talk to us is when we're expecting, hey, my spouse isn't providing me purpose or identity because only God can do that. Jen can't tell me who I am in and of herself. She can help me look to God to see who I am. You know, she can't give me value. She can express her value of me, but she can't give me value. Only God can. You are valuable because you are created in the image of the God who created the universe. You have inherent value because of God, not because you're married to your spouse. But oftentimes, we look at this and this relationship becomes the thing that we look to for our identity, for our value, for our purpose. I know that that has happened in our relationship where I have felt insecure. I have felt like my purpose or value wasn't there. And instead of going to God, I've gone to Jen. And Jen is a great wife, a great lawyer, and a wonderful mother. She is a horrible God. She just, truth, she can't do that. But when we expect our spouse to give us those things, that's an unreasonable expectation. And that's going to lead to conflict in marriage. So we all have to deal with um, unexpectations. And there are two common ways that people deal with unexpectations. Um, and we're going to offer a third one. But first is a lot of people just dismiss them. This expectation just isn't important. For instance, Brian's busy, so Jen's going to do the dishes. Didn't even mention it, you know? 
um, just, you know what, I'm going to take care of this because this is something clearly, it's not Brian's trying to make life miserable for Jen. It's just, I, she saw what was going on and saw my business. And it's like, okay, I'm going to take care. She just dismissed the expectation. You know, sometimes we do nothing. We don't address the expectation. We just allow the feelings to build and fester. And I've done that. I'm sure we all have, right? It's like, I don't want to say anything. I know they're busy or they should know, whatever it is. I'm not going to say anything. But then it just builds up the energy, the anger, the frustration. And sometimes we take it to God, kind of like what are known as the imprecatory Psalms when we complain to God, which is God is a good person to complain to, but normally what's God telling you? Well, did you talk to them about it? Well, no, God, I didn't because I'm mad about it. Well, you know, you can't just do nothing and expect things to change. You know, kind of the, the pop culture definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If we don't address it, it's not going to change. So what we would like to propose as you're dealing with your unexpectations, when you feel this feeling in yourself, frustration, anger, disappointment, when you start thinking in your mind, they always, he always, she always, when you start feeling these things, take a moment and stop. And the first thing you need to do is identify the unexpectation or the expectation. What is the expectation that's not being met? Because sometimes we really don't know right away. We just know we're angry, right? Our limbic system just starts firing and our emotions start going and we don't even know why. It's like, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, this thing is going on. Stop. What is the expectation? Why are you feeling that feeling? Take a moment to address that. Just know that. And then once you've identified the expectation, why is it unmet? Is it unvoiced? Did you ask them to do the dishes? Yeah, ask them to make sure the cat had food in the morning? Is it, was it unvoiced? Is it unshared? Is it one of those things that you just thought was, you know, as normal as driving on the right-hand side of the road in America? It's just, well, yeah, this is, I, I, it's an unshared. It's like, well, this is normal. Why? Like, oh, it's clearly it's not because it's not being addressed. Is it unreasonable? The expectation, wow. Yeah, it would have been really nice to come home and have a hot meal, but that's completely unreasonable when she's caring for an infant and starting a law practice and putting up with me whining about whatever was going on that day. So what's the unexpectation? And be clear about what's going on. Because then the next step is discuss that expectation with your spouse. Now, sometimes in the process of dealing with unexpectations, you may need to unplug. You may need to take a moment, spend some time with God. It's like, okay, my emotions are making it so I'm not equipped to address the unexpectation in the moment. And I encourage you to make your marriage a safe place. Say, I love you. I need to unplug for a moment, please. And just whatever the language is for you. Um, something that's going to communicate, I'm not leaving. I'm just feeling emotions that I need to get through. 
You know, you don't ever want to say, I want out of this. I want to walk away. I want to, I mean, you want to make sure you're communicating. I'm not going anywhere. I just need a moment for the feelings to process. And then discuss, hey, here's my expectation and take responsibility for the unexpectation. I want you to know that this is my expectation and I'm acknowledging that it's unvoiced. I'm acknowledging that I didn't say anything. I'm acknowledging that this is unshared. That this is, let, let's talk about, okay, when you live on a military base and I several times walked into the wrong apartment because I was a kid and I lived on the fourth floor and we didn't have elevators. So you're running up the stairs and you miscount and you walk in. It's like, oops, this isn't my apartment. <laughs> yeah, that it's happened. Weird. <laughs> it, ha it was normal for us because no one locked their doors until it was nighttime and people were going to bed. So it was unshared. So hey, I get that the way I grew up is really different. Or I want you to know this expectation was just unreasonable, but I need to talk this through with you because you need to know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. We need to come back together. And I get my expectation was completely unreasonable, but we need to talk about it so that we can come back together. And then decide how you will move forward. What are you going to do to move forward in this relationship? And here's the thing. The choice to move forward must be mutual. It can't be me walking, okay, this is my expectation. I get that I didn't tell you this expectation, but now you know this expectation, so go do it. That's not going to work really well. <laughs> you know? That's not how this works. That's not how, again, you're one. This is you outside of you, right? Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your spouse. So you got to work this out together. How are we going to go through this? And sometimes it's as simple as, gosh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. You're right. That expectation is completely reasonable. I didn't know it was your expectation, but now that you shared it with me, 100%. She's going to feel safer that the doors are locked. And that's something that's kind of a core value in me of, I feel very responsible for the safety of my family. That, that's something that just, it's, it's a value I have. It's an expectation that I'm going to take the, my family's safety seriously. And so when she, well, how many, how many locks do you want on the door? You know, we can do a chain and a deadbolt. And I mean, what do you want? Because I love you. And you feeling safe is going to communicate that I love you. And so we work that out together. Absolutely. And I'd say when it comes to that concept of unplugging, sometimes it's important um, when you're communicating that, you might want to communicate how much time you might need there. So for example, you might say, hey, I'm looking to unplug for a half hour just so that your spouse you know, isn't just saying, hey, when, when can I talk to you? When, when can we kind of bring this uh, back to another place where we can talk? And Brian's not going to be bothered if I'm unplugged because I'm not going out and I'm not talking trash about him to my family. I'm not talking trash about my friends. I'm not letting anybody else speak into that. I'm talking to Jesus. So Brian's got no problems with that. He's not going to mind if I'm talking to Jesus for more time than just a half hour. So it's an important thing to be able to do, but just to sometimes stop that tension to say, what 
we're just going to unplug here for the time being, and we're going to kind of get some things straightened out, and then we can come back and have a clearer head and that kind of clearer perspective to be able to talk to our spouse about those things. We hope you enjoyed this replay of our live Operation Thriving Marriage Experience. And we're ready to come to you to do an Operation Thriving Marriage Experience with your church or with your ministry. To get more information, you can go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com.